And so I just ask that your heart would be open just to receive this. I was reading in Jeremiah 3 today, chapter, or chapter 3, verse 5. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. God, thank you that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we are consecrated. Thank you, Lord, that because of your blood, we are set aside and set apart. We are cleansed. We are made pure before you, God. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for your blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that it is not our works that places us before you, but the blood of Jesus Christ, God. Thank you, God, that just like Rahab, when she tied the red string and ribbon to her house, that she was spared from the armies of the Israelites. Thank you, God, that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we are spared. We are spared not only that, but we are made clean and we are brought before you as your sons and daughters, as your children, the ones that love you. Be happy, O Israel, because you are called sons and daughters of Christ. Mm. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God, that we are consecrated because of you. Lord, I ask that you will release the wonders that you want to do today, God. You are a God of miracles and wonders, and Lord, I ask that you will release that in our midst today, Lord. I ask that the people we pray for and the people we pass by, that they will be released from whatever is holding them and that they will see your face, God. Because of your blood, we get to see your face. Lord, bring your children to you today, Father, and let them look upon you and be glad. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 12 says, But you have come to Mount Zion. You've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. You've come to the city of the living God. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God the judge of all people. To the spirits of righteous men made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. For they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on the earth. How much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth. I want to say, I'm, just going to, I'm going to pause here for a second. I just feel, if you are feeling a shaking in your life, 
I want you to realize it's not the enemy. It's actually the mercy of the Lord. <laughs> Satan's not that powerful. He, he can't shake the earth. <laughs> Only God can shake the earth. So a lot, sometimes we, we just we think, oh, man, the enemy's just wreaking havoc. No, the hand of the Lord is moving. And he is shifting things in this season and in this time. He is removing things that can be removed. If you haven't noticed, if you haven't looked around, the things that are being shaken are the things that can be shaken. And he's doing it because of his mercy and his grace. I would rather have him shake the things in my life now than at the very end of my life and look back and go, oh my, all of the stuff that I live for, it's shaken at the end. It's burned up at the end. It's the hay, the wood, the stubble. It's the things that we feel and think are so important in our life that are actually of no value to God and no value to us in eternity. So if you're looking inwardly and feeling sorry for yourself, I'm just going to kind of give you a kick in the butt right now. <laughs> Stop it. Stop looking at yourself. Stop looking inwardly. Stop focusing on your own stuff. And start focusing on Jesus. Set your eyes on Jesus. Take your eyes off of your own self. You know, we're all going to die on this earth. And it says that if you follow him, you will suffer persecution. There will be things that we will suffer on this earth. There's never a place in time where God says, focus on your own things and try to get your own stuff together. Try to figure it out. And, and he'll come help you figure out your own stuff. I don't know what Bible people are reading, but that's not in the Bible that I read. I feel like part of this consecration is actually releasing the very things that we've been holding on to and focusing inwardly on ourselves. What he says is look to me and release my glory in the earth. Be a light in the darkness. But if we're focused inwardly on ourselves, we can't be a light. That's that we're holding that, we're holding the, the bushel over it. We're, we're, we're covering the very thing that God has given us to give to the, to the world, to the people around us. Don't cover the very gifts that the Lord has given you. And, and we say, well, we need to have it all together. We got to have it all figured out. If I get this in order and this in order, and if I get healed of this, and, and if I get the job, then I can do the things for the Lord. And again, I say, that's not the Bible. Look at Haggai. Consider your ways. For 17 years, the Israelites, after captivity, 
focused on trying to get their lives back together. And he actually said, I put a curse on you. Put a curse on your land. I put a curse on everything that you have because you have not considered your ways and you have not set me above your things. Matthew 6 says, seek first the kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. They go hand in hand. It's not two things. It's actually the kingdom and his righteousness are one. You seek first him, his kingdom, his righteousness. You steward his kingdom and everything will be added onto you. Maybe not the way we expect it. Maybe not the way we think it's going to be. But it's not about us. The Holy Spirit will empower you to do the very thing that you're called to do. You're, you're set upon this earth right now for this very moment, for this very time. If you didn't realize it, God's actually has a whole plan set out and you're part of the plan. You are valuable to him, but not when you focus on yourself. <laughs> it's our selfishness. It's that inward focus that actually keeps the blessings of the Lord and the fulfillment of our lives from actually happening. So he says, you seek me first. You consecrate yourself before me. You die to yourself. You allow the things in your life to be burned up and say, God, I sacrifice. I become a living sacrifice. What's holy and pleasing to the Lord? What's the very thing that he desires? That which is holy and pleasing, it's a living sacrifice. Laying ourselves on the altar climbing up on the altar. Instead of trying to pull yourself off the altar, <laughs> which many of us are doing, ow, it's painful, it hurts. I'm getting off of that thing. Lord, help me get off the altar. <laughs> he says, no, I actually want you on the altar. You lay it all down. You give up your life. I'll give you mine. I'll give you a life beyond anything that you can possibly imagine. I'll give you eternity with me. He says, you've, you've got to hate your life. You've got to hate your own life. His words, not mine. A lot of times I just, and this is... This was not the plan. This was not what I was going into, but this is what the Lord just, I feel like he has right now. So if, if we don't actually allow the things to get burned up in our own lives, the things of this world, we're going to miss the very thing that he has for us. We're going to miss the fullness of his joy. When you enter into the presence of God, when you enter boldly into the throne room of grace, don't think that you can carry all of your stuff with you. We go, but that's, but God's grace, it's, he's, it's a lot of grace, it's lavished on us, it's good. <laughs> he is a God of grace. 
but is also an all-consuming fire. And he will shake and he will burn the things of this earth so that all that remains are the eternal things, the things that actually have value in the kingdom, the rewards that we have. And I think we think of grace as as that tender, loving care, which it is. But I'll tell you what, uh, there's another side to his grace. His grace is the very shaking and the very burning and the very destroying of the things of this world, the idols, destroying them now in our lives. That is his grace so that we can actually live in the fullness. Sometimes it's actually painful. Hebrews 12 says this, endure hardship as discipline for God is treating you as sons and daughters. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you're not disciplined, then you're illegitimate children, not true sons and daughters. This discipline is actually his grace. It's his mercy now. So back to Rome, the end of, of Hebrews 12. says this. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. Don't refuse him who speaks. This is what the Israelites did. It says, so if they did, if they did not escape when they refused him, when he was warned on, when he warned them on the earth, how much less will we, if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? And it says this, at that very time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more, I will shake not only the earth, now I will shake also the heavens. The words once more indicating the removing of what can be shaken. That is the things created so that what cannot be shaken will remain. So again, I say if if you're feeling the shaking, there's a rooting and a grounding that you need in his love. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Lord, I pray right now, there is, there is a consecration that you are doing in our hearts. Lord, may we not miss this right now. Lord, we turn towards you. Lord, if there, I, I'm just going to go at this. I just feel if there is sin in our life right now, Lord, may we turn from it now. Even in the smallest area, Lord, would you reveal these things in our lives that are not of you, that we may be holy, that we may be pleasing unto you, that we may be a people that are actually your people, holy and pleasing, set apart, consecrated unto you. 
But that, that word repentance is not just, I'm sorry, grace come. It's actually turn. It's actually to turn 180 degrees from those things, to turn away from those things. And here's the thing. By the grace of God, his Holy Spirit will empower you to walk out of those things. He'll give you everything you need. But your job, and that's this place of faith, you actually turn from those things. You begin to step. The faith actually releases his grace. Out of our faith, his grace is poured out lavishly. It is poured out. But it requires that step of faith. It requires, and, and he says, how much faith do you need? Little itty bitty bit. You put this much faith out. You step that way. You turn from those things. You repent of those things. You walk in his ways. And he will lavish his love and his grace and his peace and his joy and everything upon you and strengthen you in these times. He'll give you everything you need. Not for you, but to raise you up as a warrior for the kingdom because we are in a battle. The word the Lord gave me this morning is just so strongly just said, in your presence is fullness of joy. I believe the Lord's just going to show us a little something just about what it actually means to have his joy. I think sometimes we just think it's this like happiness in, you know, when we, when it's our birthday and we get a present, hey, it's joyful. That, that's actually not the joy that he's talking about. The joy that he's talking about comes from his presence. It's only in his presence that joy is actually released. In the it says this in Psalm 16. It says, you may, I don't have, we don't have any slides, so just bear with me. I didn't know where we were going. Uh, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's an eternal perspective. I, I just, sometimes we get so focused on the, on the temporal things, on the things of this world. 2 Corinthians 4 says this, for our, our light and our momentary troubles, they're actually achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. The very struggles that we go through on this earth, it's that testing of our faith. It actually strengthens our faith. It actually brings us into a greater place of understanding of our eternal place and our eternal position. I was talking to someone last night, and I, I just I saw this, and I think it's such a cool understanding that we are called, we're called priests, and we're called kings. And for you, for the women, queens, <laughs> whatever, kings, queens, you know what you are. But, but I saw this. 
sometimes we, we focus so much on the things of this earth that we forget our, our initial position. And the very first thing that we are is we are priests. We are those that worship him. And, uh, and in our worship to him, we then are able to establish the things on this earth. So the priesthood is this vertical position. It's a worship unto him. That's the living sacrifice that we are. And then out of that, we become kings. And this is, it's in 2 Corinthians 5. This is, you become the ambassador of Christ. You become a minister of reconciliation. So out of this relationship, vertical relationship, now comes the kingship anointing to actually establish the things on the earth that now when you decree things, there's, a, there's an authority that you walk in because of the priestly, the priestship, the priesthood, whatever it is. This, this one. Because of this, because of understanding this, you can now walk in this, which is the kingship. And let me say, I, I believe the Lord wants to give us this understanding of authority on this earth. But our authority on this earth cannot be established until we understand this position, until we understand our priestly position. Out of that, we now have, we take the authority of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus, knowing his thoughts and his ways and actually declare them in the earth. And when we declare things in the earth, they happen. When we declare healing, it happens. When we speak life, it happens. When we break addictions, it happens. And I think the problem is, is we haven't set ourselves this way. We haven't actually established ourselves on the altar. And we're trying to fight the horizontal part. We're trying to fight this realm. And we haven't actually taken hold of the keys to get from this realm. Everything comes from the heavenly realms. There's an authority that the Lord actually desires to release in and through us as the corporate body of Christ. This is the other piece. If we think it's us and Jesus, we're going to miss it as well. There is a unity that is required. It's the unity of the body of Christ. He actually requires us to be one. He commands us to be one. So if we think that we can, we can do this, just me and Jesus, I'm just going to have my little church at home. I'm going to do my little thing. I'm just going to have my relationship with Jesus. You're missing the very purpose of your life. You're called to actually impact other people's lives. You're called to be a minister of reconciliation, not just to God. He doesn't need your ministry of reconciliation to him. He actually needs it for, for those around you. And you can't do that alone. There's a grace. They're called grace gifts. I love the passion says it this way. Uh, I think it's in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, and it, it talks about these, these gifts. And they're grace gifts. But they're actually distributed to the body of Christ. You don't get them all. <laughs> you don't get them all for yourself. You may not get the gift of healing 
Can God use you for healing in instances? Absolutely. But there are grace gifts that as we come together as the body, there's probably someone right next to you that God actually wants to use and you don't, you're not the one to carry it all by yourself. It's, we are the, together as the body, as, as a unit, we're the body of Christ. We're the fullness of Christ. Yes. Ephesians talks about this. There's a, let me just take you to John 17. I just, I love this. As we're talking about the presence, you can tie it to the glory. The glory is the manifestation of his presence. And, and often there's fire. There's fire that's, that's released. I, but I've seen for the most part, fire is not for the believers. Fire is, is, is the manifestation of his presence for those that don't believe. The, the, the 120 that were in the room, they didn't need to have tongues of fire to know that the Holy Spirit was resting on them. When Elijah, when he calls down the presence of the Holy Spirit, when he calls down the presence of God, he doesn't need to see the fire. But his, the presence of the Lord fell and fire was released. What did it do? It was the manifestation of the glory of God, of his very presence to those that do not know him. As the tongues of fire were on people, it was for those that do not know him. They're like, man, it's nine o'clock in the morning. These people are drunk. (laughs) These people are crazy. No, it was the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we put the Holy Spirit in a box and say, well, you're going to operate this way or that way. Um, What we're learning is he doesn't actually operate in a box. He actually doesn't even show up for the box. (laughs) Churches across this nation, I I just, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be a church that sits in a box. (laughs) It's why we're going out. We're going out to actually reveal the Father's heart to people, to release the love of Jesus to people. That it's, it's that fullness of joy that comes from his presence. It's what we just experienced. But if we think it's just for us, and this is what I feel like a lot of the, the especially the Western church has done, is we've, we've come in to a building, we've come into a box and we've tried to experience the presence of the Lord. And we try to get filled up. And then we go out and we go about our day. And we don't even tell someone about this joy that we just experienced in here. We, we almost, it's like, it's like Moses when he, when he, you know, he would get, go in front of the presence of the Lord, he would go into the tent of meetings and, he, and he would, his face would light up. It would shine. And what would he do? Cover it up so no one saw it. And I feel like that's what the church has done here. Not, not the rock, but I mean, it has been the rock. It's, been, it's all churches. We almost, we cover ourselves so that 
we don't actually shine to those around us. Because once we get out there, we don't want to offend anyone with our shining. <laughs> I pray that today will be a different day. And, and I want to encourage you. I just feel, I know we've done this before. And, and what breaks my heart is that some of us, there's, there's and, and I, know, I know your hearts. I know you guys, are, you're, you love the Lord. Everyone here, I know, loves the Lord. But there's also like a fear or maybe there's, there's just, there's this thing of like, well, I just don't know how to do that or I'm, I'm, a, I'm worried that like if I go out and try to do this, it's not going to go well. Uh, this is that part I keep saying and I'm just going to say it again. It's not about you. Get over yourself. We got to get over ourselves. And, as, and I promise you that as you step out, and this is where you get the fullness of joy, as you step out, and you kind of take that little itty-bitty step of faith, and you may walk up to someone and be nervous and be stumbling over your words. The big thing is just let the love of Jesus just come out of your heart. You don't have to know what to say. You don't have to know how to say it. You have something on the inside of you that is precious to the world. They may not know it, you may get slapped in the face <laughs> and that's okay. What does Jesus say? Turn the other cheek, get slapped again. <laughs> like, but that hurts. There's something about our pride that, that rises up that we're like, man, I, I'm not going to let that happen to me. I don't want to get hurt. If we're going to live the life that Jesus lived, then we really do have to lay down our own lives. He, that scripture let me just go back to it here the, so it says you make known to me the path of life catch this you make known to me the path of life in your presence there's fullness of joy what do you think the path of life is it's the fullness of joy in his presence but then we take it out. So Isaiah 55 says what? It says you're going to go out with joy, which means if the joy is in the presence of the Holy Spirit, you're going to go out with the very presence of the Holy Spirit. That's the joy that you're going to have. And then you're going to be led forth with peace. And there's a cool scripture here. Just um, Where is it? It is a cool scripture. This is that, like, no plan here. Um, Lord. Huh. I don't know where it is. Anyway, we'll find it. Um, let me just touch on this fire again. So it, we're talking about as, uh, as the fire comes down, 
there was a fire. You see fire released multiple times when his presence is released. You see it uh, two times in, uh, in 2 Chronicles 6 and 7 um, when, the, when the ark comes in and there's a dedication and the fire comes down. There's a, in uh, 2 Chronicles 7, there's a dedication of the temple. And it says, and the fire of the Lord comes. There's his presence that comes and there's like that, that smoke and it fills, it fills the temple and they can't, even, they can't even enter in. The priests can't even enter in. And the fire then comes. And it says the Israelites, they literally go prostrate before the Lord. They see the power of God through the presence of God. I believe that the joy that we have actually releases the power of God. As we go out with joy, as we're led forth with peace, there's a really cool scripture about, it's, it, I'll just explain it. It's, the, uh, it's that peace, it says it's rivers of his peace that flow out. And in John 7, it talks about out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water. That's that peace that's actually released. A lot of times we think of peace as like, like the calm serenity, you're like, you know, at the ocean, that's the peace. That's not actually the peace that, that the Bible's talking about here. That peace is the peace between you and God from his wrath that comes through Christ. So when you go out with joy, you're led forth with the very peace, this peace that comes through a reconciliation by the blood of Jesus that then we take and we release to the rest of the world. We're the ones that do it, by the way. If we think, well, God's, God's got this. He's going he's gonna to handle it all by himself. Um, again, it's not the Bible that I read. Uh, he says this. He says, this is in, in Romans 10. How then can we call on the one we have not believed in? And how can we believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent? So let me just kind of now take this the other way around. How are we sent? How are we sent? With joy, with peace, in the fullness of his presence. So if we're just jumping out and going out, that's, then we're going out in our own abilities and our own ideas and our own mindsets. And, and I think we do this often. We, you know, a lot of times we'll go out and we'll be like, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to go pray for someone. I'm going to go. And I know the Lord will, there's grace on that. And the Lord will just bless it. Um, but what if, what if you go out in, with the very filling of the Holy Spirit? It, it is that, it's that, I, I said it earlier, I think it's, it's Peter right after the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost. He didn't go, ah, I got a lot to do. I've got to go to the store. I've got to get this stuff. I know I feel the presence of the Lord, but it'll still be here tomorrow. There are those moments where we go and, and there is power released. There were 3,000 that came into the kingdom in that very moment because he was going out in the fullness of joy. 
he was going out in the fullness of the presence of God. So there is, when there is a filling, there is something so powerful that goes way beyond our own ability. You guys know Peter. Of all the people, <laughs> this was not the guy that I would have chosen. If I was God, dude, Peter would be the last on my list. <laughs> I'm like, this guy is a mess. This guy messed up time after time after time. I'm like, dude, choose somebody else. <laughs> Any of them. Choose John. Like, at least John was like, you know, the one that was closest to Jesus. Like, but Peter, man, that guy was a mess. <laughs> but he stepped out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he was the one to speak. He was the one to release the very things that needed to be released in that moment. It's, it is such a cool scripture. And this is, this is really cool. Peter actually, you know, he's, you see him, the, the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit falls. And then he says, he quotes this, he quotes Joel 2. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. What's he quoting? He's quoting the very things that was happening right then. There was, a, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And there are outpourings of the Holy Spirit. There are moments of just that release of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, though, remember, is on the inside of us. And, and our job is to actually just be led by the Spirit. So I, let me clarify that you don't have to come into this building, like get into his presence before you can go out and minister to someone. The idea is that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and we can constantly be in his presence and his joy can constantly be overflowing from within us and we can constantly have that river flowing in and through us that then releases to other people. That's what we're actually called to do. But it comes from this place first. That's that, priestly, that priesthood. That we stay in this place so that we can release this. We stay in a place of priests so that we can release the kingship and release the power of the Holy Spirit on the earth as we declare heaven to earth, as we do the very thing that Jesus said on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Okay, so let me just go to this last part. Um, so after he quotes Joel 2, he goes down and, and then he says this, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. So there's a, there's a purity of the heart and then a rejoicing of our mouth, a singing that's that praises with our mouth. And then it says this, my body also will live in hope. Not like come in and out of hope, because the hope is established in him. It says, because you did not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. And then he says this, you have made known to me the paths of life. He's actually quoting here uh, Psalm 16, the very thing that I was reading. So Peter says, you have made known to me the path of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence. That's, this is the part that I want us to catch. If, if you don't catch anything else, is that the joy, 
comes from his presence. We can have it constantly. We can have it all the time. But the joy is not from our circumstances. The joy actually comes from a consecration to the Lord. Set in our hearts before him. There's a Psalm 100 verse 2 says this. Serve the Lord. That's that surrender to the Lord with gladness, with joy. Come into his presence with singing. So we enter into his courts with praise. His presence comes down. There is a fullness of joy in his presence. some notes here. I want to, this is not a typical service, by the way. Not, I, don't, I don't even know why I say that. There will never be a typical service. The moment we have a typical service, I think that's when we remove the Holy Spirit from the service. That's the thing he showed us a while back, just in that, the wineskin, that the, the old wineskin of the church is to have a format that just, this is how we do things. And, and what it's done is it's actually made it rigid. It's actually made the wineskin rigid. And, and what the Holy Spirit does, the Holy Spirit is the oil of the wineskin that actually allows it to flex, to move, to do whatever he wants to do. So as I'm speaking, I, I, it's not going to be, it's not my words. It's actually the power of the Holy Spirit that's actually coming and ministering to your hearts right now. And let him actually minister to your hearts. There was a word, actually, oh. Ah! <laughs> they all sneak out? <laughs> Did they just leave? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you see, we didn't play on this one. Uh, is Travis here? I do want you guys to, I feel like we're, we're going to go, I want to go back into that song. <laughs> I didn't cue him up. Sean, thanks for staying, buddy. <laughs> uh, Travis released, he just had something... Travis here? Travis. <laughs> I want to leave here in just a few minutes. Um, okay. Well, let me release this word. And here's the, the crazy part, is what, what Travis, he just had this vision that he released in the prayer room, and uh, and back in 2018, oh, oh, there he is. I know I didn't tell you you were going to do this, but will, will you just share the, what the Lord showed you? Yeah. Okay. Um, so 
Hold the mic close. It's on. You got to just put it right up there. Here, give me that mic. <laughs> okay, um, so last week, um, toward the enemy, God put revival on my heart uh, really strong. And I think it was last Thursday night, um, God gave me a vision that woke me up at like one o'clock in the morning. Um, oh, here we go again. Okay, so um, I saw okay. a spiritual earthquake radiate from this church. And it caused um, the people of the, you know, this city and Denver and Colorado Springs to kind of look towards the church, but they didn't see the church. They saw uh, the, you know, God's light. They didn't see um, a building, you know, material things. They just saw the Holy Spirit. Um, and for the believers, you know, it just that that shaking kind of shook off everything that was distracting you from God and keeping you from looking at Him. And it, it, you know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> you got it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that's the summary of it. It was just a, um, just a spiritual shaking that I think kind of ties in with, I don't know where he's at. Um, you know, the, the people are confused and dismayed right now about everything that's going on. And I just think that's uh, kind of ties in with that. That it's not anything the devil's doing; it's what God's doing. And I think that spiritual shaking is going to come sooner rather than later. That's right. Thanks, Travis. So this was a word from from someone in our church here, and um, he said this: he "said I believe the Spirit is saying." Watch for the rising waters to begin to boil, for the fire of my presence is among you. And soon, as as it will signal a new move and a change, and it will change everything about your ways. Is that already happening? This was, I'm sorry, this was March 2018, this word. This must happen to make room for all the ways I will move among you. This must be for me to come in as I will, having found a place and a home in you. Yes, I've heard your prayers and all of your cries. I've seen your face seeking and wanting for me, so I have come with my presence. Only do not fear. Let me just say right there, the reason it's do not fear is that do not be afraid. When Jesus shows up, what's the first thing people do? Ah! <laughs> right? How many times does Jesus say, do not be afraid? When an angel comes, do not fear. Do not be afraid. When the presence of the Lord comes, there is something that can actually terrify us and draw us away or push us away. Do not fear what the Lord is doing. Do not fear, for I have been preparing you to receive me as I will be. Just as you have prepared a place for me, trust me, I will move you in me as I move you with me, yet in ways beyond what you could ever think or see. So trust me and my perfect unfailing love for you. Yes, trust my love for you. Trust my love Watch for the rising waters to begin to boil and move with me as I move among you.
Let me say that there is a, when water boils, it's a change of state. It's a change of condition. It goes from like a liquid to a vapor. And there is a major shift that happens. I believe that is, is what we're, we're going to see here is a shift beyond, we've been used to water. We're not used to vapor. <laughs> it's going to be a shift in the way we see things and the way, and the way things happen. He said this, a little later part of this. He says, he showed me all the windows of the rock church shattering and blowing out from a powerful explosion within. That released an intense glory fire light that shone out over the land. And the, there's been a, a number of prophecies just about a, this place being a lighthouse um, from 2004 on. Uh, and I knew that this would mean great destruction of the works and the power of darkness at the glory of his presence. Catch that. This is important to see. We talked about presence, the power of his presence, the fire. There is something, what it does is it actually destroys the work of the enemy. It destroys the powers of darkness. When his presence comes in, when his light comes in, and it's through us, it actually destroys darkness. It says, The fire of his presence at the rock cannot be contained within your rock or your church building or family, but it will boil over. So what happens? Water is contained when it begins to steam. When it turns to vapor, it can no longer be contained. So the fire of his presence at the rock cannot be contained. It will boil over like the flowing waters of the Ezekiel 47 temple, and it will shine forth the glory of the Lord over the entire region. And then he showed me for the third time large cracks in the ground, an indication of a shaking that his presence will bring. Great power and glory of the Lord will be seen among you and in the region as he makes a name for himself. Amen. Whether you believe in prophetic or not, you're going to see this happen. And, it's, and it's, this is not about the rock. This is not about our, like, anything here. This is about his kingdom. This is about his glory. Uh, I, we need to, I just... We got to get over, I go to this church, I go to that church. Like, it's his church. There's one church. We're in this all together. If you've come from other churches and you're at this church or you've, you know, you've left this church, you're not hearing this message, but, um, <laughs> but we're still one church. There is no multiple churches. We're not the brides of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. So the last part of this says the time, it says the timing of this feels like when they dim the lights to let everyone know that the play is about to begin. May we all prepare his way in our hearts and lives as never before in this very moment that no one would miss out. Amen. So this is my heart that no one would miss out on this. I'm going to close it just, um, Lynn, if you can come up, Andrew's, Andrew in the house. There he is. Can you guys just come up? I'm just going to 
you're going to hear just some a quick testimony here of uh, Lynn shared this the other day. This is so cool. Um, and I, I just pray this as an encouragement to you as, as we go out. Look, this is not about us. It's all about him. And uh, anyway, I was just encouraging to hear what Lynn shared. Go ahead. So, um, does that really good? Yeah. yeah. Speak really loud. No. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Now we're on. Ready? Begin. Um, so, um, I was late for the meeting um, last, this, past, this past week, um, which may or may not happen every once in a while anyway. But um, I, was, I was at home, and in this time when, I, it's, it's such amazing confirmation what the Lord is saying to all of us. I'm not going to say anything you guys aren't already hearing and burning in your own hearts, but um, I've heard so many voices in the world, and it's, 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 it's this panic, fear, terror, anxiety, depression, despair, loneliness, hopeless, hopelessness, and all of these things. And... Um, I was crying out to the Lord, and, I, and I, it can be hard to hear the voice of God in all of that. And so I was coming before him, and I want to set the tone of where I was before I left my house because it reveals what he was doing in my heart and how he moved in me when I went outside. And it's, and it's because that's how we're going out today. And so I'm coming before him, and I'm listening, and um, you know how you say, Oh, God, make my heart break for what breaks yours, and you kind of mean it like 70%. Um, maybe 80, depending on how you're really feeling at the time or how much time you've been spending with him, maybe even at 90%. But this time that we've been in has been this in, just incredible time. And you guys know what I'm talking about. We're talking about coming into the fire of his presence and how it's been burning. And, and he, I heard him say, don't be afraid. Step away from all the voices in the world. Step away from all the fear, the division, the hate, the anger, the frustration, the confusion, the misinformation, and, and step into the presence of the fire of my love and my joy for you. And um, I, I was just listening, and in this time, it feels like he said, because I'm not just going to be a consuming fire for all that needs to be burned and removed, but I'm also going to be showing you the intensity of the glory, the hope of glory that's in you because I'm in you. And so it encouraged me and, and, uh, cause I'm, I'm simple. And so I, I was praying and I said, I said, Lord, what do you, what do you want to do right now? And he began to just speak to me about a whole bunch of things. So that's the context of where my heart was. I was, I was just saying, Lord, there's so much out there. And he said, where is the voice of God? Where's the voice of my love? That still small voice can get quenched and, and, and shut down and all of that. And um, I said, yeah, somebody should do something about that. He said, yes, they should. Peel away layer number 10. And so, so I really, honestly, I was just hanging out with him. And, um, and I was having this really precious, wonderful time with him. And, and then I lost all track of time. And it was time to go. And so I needed to get to the meeting, right? And so he said, I heard the voice of the Lord say, grab all the cash in your purse. So I know where this is going. And then he says, and get going. And so I got in my car, uh, shut my garage, and I live in an apartment community. And I was, um, I literally didn't even get out of my garage good. And I saw the maintenance guy in my apartment complex who was taking out the trash and replacing the trash where the dogs poop. And he goes, and I heard the voice of the Lord say, start with him 
right there. I said, okay. So I pull up, I roll down my window. He, he, he's on the other side and he walks over and I say, hi, good morning. I don't know what I'm going to say, you guys. I have no idea what I'm going to say. And that's the message is it's him. It's simple. There's no pressure. It's not my job. It's his spirit. He's going to do this whole thing, right? Like I blame him. And so, so I go, I go, hi. And, and he says, um, he says, good morning. And I said, so I'm on my way to a meeting and I don't know if you know the Lord. And he goes, yes, I do. And I said, great. I said, because Jesus has been thinking about you. You have been on his heart and you matter so much to him and he loves you. The guy starts to melt, right? Because when's the last time somebody told him that? I don't know. Maybe he's never heard it. And so, and so I, I don't even know what I said next. Some sort of word of encouragement, like, you know, he sees you and all the things that have gone on in your family and he's going to do this and that and the other thing and, and he just loves you and, and he wants me to give you this, you know. And so um, he said, you don't know how much I needed to hear that. And he's just, he's just, he's about to cry. And he's this gentle young man. And I thought, I thought two things. I felt that was so easy. That was so easy. I opened my mouth and you filled it, right? He says he's do, he'll do that. And so, um, so then I, I went on and I pull out of my apartment complex and um, I don't even get out the gate. And there's a lady with a two-year-old and a stroller and she's walking that way. So I got to stop and talk to her. And I get down the street and there's another guy walking and then behind him is a couple walking their dog. And I'm like, oh my God, I am never going to get to this meeting. Jesus, I am never going to get to this meeting if I keep doing this. And literally I heard, exactly. I need an army. I need an army of the lovers of God who will take my love and my heart and my joy to a lost and hurting world. It's not new. You guys know this. You guys all know this, right? Am I saying anything we don't know? So it was really simple, and it was, it was a joy to do. And uh, so I encourage all of us that, that um, God is sending his lovers. And one last thing about the joy. The joy, um, kind of a favorite thing of mine, um, where um, in Jesus, in Hebrews 12, since you were talking about Hebrews 12 too, he said, who, you know, he's, let us lay aside the weight and every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking and fixing our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him. And that's intrigued me for 30 or 40 years now. Like any word could have been put in there for the love set before him, the power, the glory, the majesty, the strength, the whatever. But he said joy. And if there was ever a hurting world that's in despair, Jesus knew it better than anybody, right? We're never going to endure more than he endured at the cross or suffer more than he did. So there's something about that joy and being in his presence. And so I want to encourage us in that. So go. There's no pressure. Open your mouth. He'll fill it. It's simple. It's easy. Go have fun. We're fools for him, right? Absolutely. It's his job. Yeah, that's it. You can blame it on God if you mess up. Make so this is Andrew. He's uh, been one of our interns, and uh, and I just felt like there's just a uh, there's just a joy in this young man who uh, and and a fearlessness just to to uh, to just share the gospel with people, and uh, and so I just felt like he's just going to share for a minute of of just to encourage you guys, just as a place of encouragement for. Uh, 
for what we're about to do here. Okay, wait, there we go. Stand up. I have to remember how to hold the microphone, so. Um, so Pastor Mike called me last night at, I think it was around 10. Um, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Late call. Yeah, it was a late call. Um, and he mentioned this previously on Wednesday for me to kind of come up here and share something that the Lord's been really putting on my heart. And when he called me last night, I had no idea what I was going to even, uh, I guess, say today. And I still don't, but that's the best because it's, I don't like planning anything. Just, he's going to show up. But what happened during service today, um, when Pastor Mike was sharing, everything started clicking in my mind about just the Lord and how in his presence is the fullness of joy. It's, I, it was, I was thinking about um, why some people don't like to step out. And what I've noticed is that sometimes people are afraid nothing's going to happen. More than actual fear. It's like, what happens if I pray and nothing happens? My response is usually, what happens if something does? Like, if you pray and something does happen, like, you're not going to know if it's going to happen unless you pray. And then I realized, um, as I was reading uh, it's 1 John 4, verse 18. Uh, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. And if once I know that I'm loved by a perfect father, fear is eradicated. Like, well, it doesn't matter if a person looks at me wrong or if, if I, I get a weird, awkward look. I'm like, what are you doing here? Why are you telling me about Jesus? Like, I am loved by a perfect father, and that casts out every ounce and speck and like the, an ounce and everything about fear, it's cast it out. Like I'm loved by a perfect father. And when I know how much I'm loved by God, I can't help but be goofy and crazy and just tell everyone about Jesus because I found the one thing that satisfies every single hole in my life. And that's the love of Jesus. Mm. And so when pastor Mike was sharing that in his presence is the fullness of joy, I'm like, that's exactly it. Like, we don't need to be so spiritual and very, um, for lack of a better word, kind of just stoic and having a sharp face and preach a five-point sermon on the side of the street. I found that doesn't really work the best. I found being like the goofiest guy and walking up to a group of 10 people and just yelling about Jesus and smiling and being, I, I think, probably, like if you would see me, I, I would look like the goofiest kid. But what I found is like the Lord shows up the best because I'm just bubbling over with joy and the love of God actually is flowing out of that joyful place because I don't look like I'm bothered or troubled. You, we don't look like we're bothered or troubled by the, the, the events of life. Like people, what, what happens a lot, people ask and they say, why are you so happy? Like, why are you smiling? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, I can't contain myself. I know that I've been forgiven and I found the one thing that satisfies. And so my encouragement is this, is you don't need to go out there and talk to 15 different people. The, the odds are you're probably going to run into one person <laughs> on your way home. One person. And if you just stop and look at them and just smile and say, hey, how are you doing today? That, like, people kind of get caught up, like, what am I supposed to say? Hi, how are you? Like, how are you doing today? That's the simplest thing. And they're like, well, I'm doing pretty good. Then you're like, well, awesome. I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you and that he died for you. Like, it's that simple. It doesn't need to be overcomplicated or over-spiritualized. 
And then you have, like, if you're just goofy about it and you're full of joy, I find myself walking up to a, a bunch of people that are, um, <laughs> this is one thing I was, I've never done before. And this is, uh, I think, like, the last time we went out, I, went, I walked up to a group of 10 people who were all smoking uh, marijuana and doing a bunch of drugs. And I walked up into the middle of them. And I'm, there's three of us amongst 10 or 11 people. And I, we just started preaching the gospel. And we were, like, the goofiest people there were like, hey, Jesus loves you. And I'm laying hands on this person. And this person's getting filled with the gospel. Just like, and I only did that because I was, God's like, hey, just be happy. Like, I was, I was a little bit hesitant. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, this is like 11 people. And they don't want the gospel. And then God's like, just be fun and have fun. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I just walk up and I had so much fun. Like I, it was the best. So Mm. it all comes back to the fullness of joy and just have fun. Like one of the biggest things that God's taught me about witnessing is just have fun. It doesn't need to be like boring or overcomplicated. Like it's fun. Once you get that, that it's fun, like people have their windows down and I roll down my window and I start preaching the gospel at them. That's fun. Like, it's fun now for me. So I, I think that's the only encouragement I have. And awesome. I, I thought it was going to go a different way. I had, like, verses lined up and all these things. And it just <laughs> thrown out the window. So Good job. Yeah. Thank you, there Andrew. You Bless you, man. Thanks. Good job. Give my hand. I love it. So my encouragement to you, it is, it's, it's have fun. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get filled with his joy. If we go out with these sad faces and we go, man, you need to be like me. <laughs> you need Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you, people are going to be like, yeah, whatever, buddy. <laughs> Let's get filled up with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Remember the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. Remember who's living inside of you. And let that be the overflowing. Let it be the John 7 that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Let it flow out of you. Let it be that overflow. Let it be that love. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I wasn't sure how to close, but I'm going to just have you guys stand up. I'm going to just read a scripture over you guys. And uh, this is what I want. Right after that, if... um, if those who are kind of, if, if you're, I'm just going to say a leader, and, and anyone who like has done this before and uh, is willing to go out with another person and just kind of walk with them, maybe if they haven't done it, just put your hands up um, and, uh, and let somebody else come up to you. If you see somebody, just say, hey, you want to come with us? Here's the point, is we're going to go out, we're going to share the love of Jesus with people. We're going to do the very thing that Jesus tells us to do. And I believe you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't miss this opportunity. Here's the thing. There's been so many people that have like, they've been, I've never done this before. And the, they did it and it blew them away. It, it, it was like, they go, wow, I've never experienced anything like that. It's the thing that we are created for. He's on the inside of us so that we can actually reveal the glory of God to others. And it's his joy that overflows from us. So, and his love, right? Amen? Here's the cool part. This, I, I read this in Romans 10 about, uh, so first of all, it's the Holy Spirit that sends us. We're the ones that preach. And when we preach, when people hear, 
that's how they come to know Jesus. There's a, there's a scripture that says, like, you open your mouth and the Holy Spirit will fill it. The pro- some of the problem is, is we don't open our mouth. <laughs> you actually have to say, start to speak, start to say hello, open your mouth, and then, and then allow the Lord to show it. Oh, and thank you, Lindy. Um, yeah, we have these, this is a, we call this kind of a, a, a lure, or <laughs> These are, these are blessing bags. We have a bunch of them out there. They're filled. What's that? On the right. They're on the right as you go out. So what this is, is it just has some food. It'll have like a drink in it or something. And, uh, and it's just a cool way of, you've got something in your hand where you can just go, hey, can I just bless you with this? Um, you know, it, do whatever you feel the Lord is leading. But I just, these are great opportunities just to go up. Um, bless somebody with this and just say, hey, can I just pray a blessing over you? Um, and go from there, where, wherever the Lord, that's where you just open your mouth and he begins to fill it. And here's the cool part. It says at the end of, uh, at the end of that part of Romans 10, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. There is beauty. The Lord just sees the beauty of those that actually have their feet shod with the gospel of peace, that actually carry that out. So let's be that. Because somebody out there needs to hear the hope and the love of Jesus. They need to know this. And I'm telling you, over the past few months as we've been doing this, I have experienced so many times that people don't go, I don't want to hear that stuff. They actually go, no, I, I, tell me more. I, I want to know about this Jesus. I actually need something. I need this hope right now. So let's pray. Will you guys hold out your hands? Holy Spirit, I just ask you for a filling right now of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask you for joy to be released. Lord, I thank you that where your presence is, there is a fullness of joy. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Your presence is here right now. And I just say, Lord, fill us with your joy. Let us experience and know that joy that's in us that doesn't, has nothing to do with the circumstances around us. It's greater than that. It's Jesus on the inside of us, living, breathing on the inside of us that we actually operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you right now for that understanding. Lord, I pray that your love would be released right now into people. A greater understanding of your love, which releases your joy. And I'm just going to pray this. I just, this is Paul. He says, and I, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within each of you the unlimited riches of his glory and his favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and his explosive power. Lord, may that actually flood within us. May that go within us. This is your word. Lord, I say, we say yes and amen to the very words, the very things that you have spoken. Lord, I pray that release right now of that love, which results in a power, an explosive power, a divine might. It says, then by constantly using our faith, 
by walking in faith, by stepping out in that, taking that little step, by opening up our mouths, that the life of Jesus will be revealed and released deep inside you. And this is the best part. And that the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Lord, let it be so in this place, in our hearts, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen.